Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. I talk with those who make their living in the world of entertainment. Special thanks to Phil Ranton, the Comedy Podcast Network, artwork by Tom Burns, original music by Diana Lawrence. If you found us on iTunes, I'd love you to leave a comment or rate the show. I appreciate all the feedback. If you'd like to send me an email, please do so, livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. And we have a Facebook page. It's simply facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. Be a fan of us on there. That'd be great. This is episode number 13. I talk with professional hypnotist Brenda Kay. All right. Living the dream. I've got with me the beautiful, talented, the mesmerizing Brenda Kay. Thank you for coming on the show. You're so very welcome. And uh, you are... Uh, all my interviews are fascinating for different reasons. But um, you, I think, uh, one, are the first hypnotist. And also... Not a lot of people even, I think, realize that hypnotists is a thing. Like, uh, I mean, I think they know it's a thing, but I don't know if they go, oh, yeah, I could be a hypnotist as a career if I wanted to be. Right. It's not something that you get to pick from, you know, on a list of things, you know, to do. When you're in high school, you know, doctor, lawyer, dentist, hypnotist (laughs) is not on the list. So, okay. And uh, I know a little about your story, but take me back. You, uh, You got into hypnotism kind of almost through an accident, or not accident, but like a kind of random, you saw an ad, right? Well, it was random. It absolutely found me. I went to a fair... Uh, in the town that I live in, in Denver, and there was a booth at this little festival, and it was for hypnosis school. And they were trying to recruit people for the school and recruit new clients, but they needed guinea pigs for their students to practice on in order to get certified. And so I signed up, put my name in a fishbowl, said, I'll check out this hypnosis stuff, see what it's all about. You know, I'm always curious, and so I wondered. And they called me, and they paired me up with a student, and they said, "You, if you want to do this, you have to commit to six hypnosis sessions. And I asked how much it was, and they said, it's absolutely free. All we need is your time. Good Good price. Why not? (laughs) Hey. And so they paired me up with this lady, and we did a couple sessions, which were amazing and relaxing and such. And in one of the sessions, I had an aha moment. An aha moment. An aha moment. A moment of clarity, if you will. How religious. I know. (laughs) And, you know, I'm visualizing myself on top of this mountaintop, and I'm overlooking this mountain range, and I look up at the sky, and the clouds part, and the angels sing, ah. No joke, that's really how it happened. That's great. And I hear a voice saying, Brenda, this is what you need to do. Where you're at right now is where you need to be. And I took that as in hypnosis, with hypnosis. And so I looked more into it, and I did a lot more research. And I continued the rest of my sessions and just made some dynamic shifts and changes in my life. And I just knew that it was a tool that I wanted to use and I wanted to help other people with. Wow. Uh, There's so many questions I have. Let's start with, had you ever been hypnotized before this? Before that, no. So, like, hypnotism wasn't even necessarily on your radar. It was just, like, random fair. I'll be hypnotized. I'll try this for the first time. Right. And then you get this moment of clarity. So, okay. And then this moment of angel singing where, <laughs> like, and I'm not making fun of you. I mean, but, like, right. that's awesome that that actually happened. What, and you, you've, you've had, a, I'm assuming, hundreds if not thousands of clients since then. Have you had people experience moments like that in your sessions Wow, that's a great question. And the answer to that is not that I know of. (laughs) Okay. 
Because what we do in the sessions is plant seeds for them to create and cultivate whatever their goal is in life. And so once we plant the seed, they go home and they do the work or they just start living their lives in whatever way they desire. And, and I don't know if those things really happen for them. I see. So you haven't had a client like call you and go, you know what? Your hypnotism made me change my career or something like that. You know, I did have somebody. Okay. Was a passenger on the ship. Okay. And she came to one of my group seminars, experienced hypnosis, fell in love with it much like I did, mm. and did the same thing. And she went to school. She, and she, well, she wrote me an email and she said, Brenda, where can I find a school? And I send everybody to the place that I trained at. Right. And she said she was into nursing and decided that hypnosis was a better fit for her. So she did get into the field wow. because of one of my group sessions. So we have at least two documented cases of hypnosis telling people that hypnosis is the right career for them. Right. All right. I like it. That I know of. Uh, now, as far as I know, do you know much about the history of hypnosis as far as, like, how long has it been an entertainment thing versus, you know, when did it start or where did it... Do you know any... Like, I don't know much about anything oh, like that. Those are great questions, and we <laughs> learned all of that so many years ago. I trained originally 10 years ago. Okay. And so that's kind of far off in the back of my mind. But that is part of the course is, like, the survey or history of hypnotism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is it, I mean, do you just remember, is it like something that started with shaman, you know, 10,000 years ago, or, like... Well, shamans used a form of hypnosis. I don't think it was called that yet. Yeah. And hypnosis isn't really a real word. I mean, oh, okay. there's... And, and, well, there's... That's what you do for a living, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it, as far as the meaning goes, I mean, hypnosis comes from a Greek word, okay. which means to sleep, which people really aren't sleeping when they're in hypnosis. It's just uh -huh. an altered state. But uh, Frank Mesmer was messing around with hypnosis but didn't call it that or didn't know to call it that he was doing experiments on animal magnetism interesting and and called it being you know mesmerized so that's where we get that term mm -hmm. is from this guy's last name and was this guy like 1800s or like 1950s or any any fortunately i don't know oh fair enough, fair enough. not a history buff i i didn't bring it on because you're a history buff so <laughs> Okay, you work, uh, I know you've been working on the cruise ships, uh, and, you know, that's part of your thing, is you have this show where you, where it's entertain. you, hypn you hypnotize people, but it's it's entertaining. Uh, do you, you do more than just cruise ships, right? Like, a, you probably do a lot more. Well, originally, I started out uh, working in a private practice, where I would see clients just for therapy um, reasons, you know, to stop smoking, to lose weight, to get over fears and phobias, whatever therapeutic uses they needed. Sure. And then I got the opportunity to start cruising, and it was really hard to keep up a private practice being out on the ship for weeks or months at a time. Sure. And so I gave it up four years ago, and I've been cruising ever since. So your full-time job is cruise ships? Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. Uh... That's I mean, in one way, that seems, like, really, really cool. Uh, in another way, it seems like you don't get to go home much. <laughs> well, I do get the opportunity to go back and forth a lot. Yeah. So out on ships for a week or so, and then I'm at home. And when I'm at home, I will fit in corporate gigs when I can. But for the most part, yeah. It's just so hypnosis has transcended to corporate gigs. as like IBM or, you know, whoever. Some big company could hire you for their Christmas party or something right. like that. Mm -hmm. Wow. And... 
when they hire you, are they hiring you just for entertainment purposes, or do they ever hire you for, like, therapeutic purposes, or is it a mix, or... For the most part, it's for the stage entertainment. They want to entertain their clientele. But there are a lot of companies that when they find out about hypnosis and the benefits of it, they uh, have me do training sessions, mm. like, you know, group relaxation, or they want to focus on getting their employees to stop smoking, and so they'll hire me to come in and do a talk or a seminar after the show. And once people have experienced hypnosis in a fun way, and then they can experience it therapeutic way nice now i'm guessing that uh i don't know who listens to this podcast yet but uh, um, whoever listens to it there's probably some skeptical people out there that think well hypnosis really can't help you do anything uh like can't help you quit smoking you're gonna quit smoking and then whatever but as i understand it based on your sessions hypnosis really just helps you to make decisions right like it's just kind of like your own thing am i well it a lot of people think change comes from their willpower. Uh-huh. You know, if I only had a strong enough will, then I can kick that tobacco habit. But willpower was not designed for lasting change. It's designed for temporary change or temporary motivation. Okay. So hypnosis goes to the subconscious part of your mind where your learned behaviors are kept, your habits are kept, your emotions are kept, and it allows the person to rework those connections, to form new connections, to release old habits and start new ones. So hypnosis is really just a tool or a catalyst to help them get what they want quicker. I see. So it's not it doesn't really enforce your willpower. It goes goes a little deeper than that. Right. That's cool. Yeah. It gets really the two sides of your mind to work for your greater good because you have the things that you've always done. Sure. And which may or may not be right or what you want to do. And then you have your thinking mind that knows all of the right things you should be doing that tend to fight when you want to make a change. I don't know anything about that. I do everything perfectly. Oh, okay. So. Well, for those people that are well, out there. for yeah. the lesser beings out there. Right. <laughs> I'm an actor. I've made all kinds of wrong decisions. Um <laughs> This is uh, there's so many questions like because you, you your world is is just so foreign to me that um, so how did how did you go from I'm helping people in a a one on one or or maybe group session or whatever to I'm gonna make this funny for people like wh- where was that transition? Well, I was young when I started out and people weren't taking me seriously as a therapist. Oh, and so that was a really uh, a tough obstacle for me to overcome. Mm-hmm. And I also decided that spending eight hours in a clinic with people and only helping maybe six people a day just wasn't enough. Yeah. And I decided I wanted to have a little more fun with my job, and I wanted to help more people. And so I could really reach out to more people and affect more people by doing the shows. I can bring the awareness to more people quicker than doing the one-on-one sessions. Well, and I can say that I really didn't have any idea about hypnosis before your show, and I'm looking into it more now as, like, how to help. So mm-hmm. you've definitely spread it. I'm sure you've got a lot of testimony of people helping out. But uh, so as an entertainer, you're very comfortable on stage. You're very, like, you're you're not just a, a hypnotist. I mean, you, you get up there and, and you talk a little bit before, and, and you... you I don't want to say make people do things, but you suggest that people do things uh, that are a little ridiculous, uh, but also super, super fun. 
were you ever an entertainer in, in the, the pre-hypnosis life? Were you a singer, or dancer, or comedian, or? It's interesting in that most entertainers just know that they want to be in the spotlight or they want to be on stage and that's yeah. their place. I never had that desire, <laughs> never. And so it was quite interesting the the mental obstacles I had to overcome to be able to do what I wanted to do. I had to hypnotize myself to be more comfortable on stage and to really get comfortable with the crowd. And I took acting classes and I took improv classes. Anything I could do to sharpen my wit and my rapport with people in an audience. And so it was something that really I had to cultivate as a desire to want to have more fun with hypnosis. Wow. So the entertainment came way as an afterthought. Yes, exactly. Did, uh, now some of the bits that you do, like, I don't want to tell people everything, but I mean, you, you, basically you get a group of people on stage and then you, you, you put them under and you, you give them certain suggestions. Like, this isn't one of them because I don't want to give away your material, but basically you say like, you know, every time you hear the word the, you stand up and shout or something like that. Right. Like, uh, these bits that you have, are they... Some did you create them all, or did you? Are they just kind of general in the hypnosis world? Like you'll see a lot of the same bits with same hypnosis hypnotist, or a lot of them are general. Okay. Um, but you put your own spin on it. You uh-huh. do it your own certain way, and or you just tweak it just a little bit so it's not like every show you've ever seen. And even though. On the ship, for example, I do the same main show every single week. I give the same suggestions. How the people respond is completely different. So it's a different show every time. Yeah, uh, and it's very funny. And and in my research and in putting together my show, I would watch other hypnosis entertainers, other stage hypnotists, and I would look at their show and I, I would look at their skits or their bits and I think oh I like that I like that Mm, that one not so much and I would pick the bits that I like the most out of each of the shows and then I incorporated those into what I do and that in your world that's totally cool like if I saw another comedian doing a bit and I stole it that would be a faux pas like in my world oh exactly but in your world it's like it's fine well if you put your own twist on it if you're doing the same exact thing then that looks totally lame well, but you know, yeah. if you tweak it up, then then it's yours. And nice. Uh, so I've seen, I think I've seen four of your shows now. And um, what happens sometimes is you put them all under, and you give one suggestion to one person, another suggestion to another person, and then basically everyone on stage has one different thing than someone else. But not always do the people do. Like what they're like most of the time they do, but there's occasional right. like that one person is supposed to do this every time they hear this and they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, is that just a kind of it, hypnosis is an exact science and not everyone's going to take it all the way? Or right, and a number of things can happen when that happens. Mm-hmm. If I give somebody a suggestion that they don't respond to, it could be one that they just didn't want to do it. They thought it was ridiculous. They didn't feel comfortable doing it. Or two, they didn't fully understand what they were asked to do. And so if they can't make sense of it in their own mind, then it's just easier to not do anything. Yeah. And I do 
sometimes relax people to the point that it's too much effort to even respond (laughs) or even talk or even move. And so even though they want to, they're they're just so relaxed that they can't. I'm not getting up for this. Or the other thing is that they're just not hypnotized and they're just up there because they want to be on stage. Yeah. And as you say in your show, not a... Not everyone can be as easily hypnotized as everyone else. Right. Some are most. Some are better than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in, in regards to the myths, and, and you talk about this in your show, like you say, you probably think hypnotists are going to have you cluck like a chicken or bark like a dog. Where I also have that stereotype in my mind, and I have absolutely no idea why it's there. I don't know where it came from. I'd never seen a hypnotist before. And I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat. Like, yeah, that's what I think when I think of hypnotists. But I bet none of them could tell you why. Do you have any idea where that came from? I don't know where that came from. It's just a mystery. Right. And I think somebody thought that that's the most ridiculous thing one person can have another person do. And maybe that's what's stuck. But what we really do is by far and away worse than that. I mean, funnier than that. Well, yeah, and well, and some of the other stereotypes, like the whole look at a watch that's that's floating or that's a uh, that's pendling, uh, that's doing something back and forth. Right. There's a word the for pendulum. that. Pendulum. Mm-hmm. And uh, where does, did any hypnotist that you know of ever actually do that, or was that another complete myth? I think that was how they used to put people into trance, and really, oh. what they were doing is creating eye fixation getting you to focus your eyes and your attention on something, mm. be it a watch or a necklace or whatever. Yeah. And so people made that association that, oh, it's the watch that hypnotizes them. But really, <laughs> it's just the it's the eye fixation and relaxing the eye muscles. Okay. So that's an insider secret. So you, you once you relax the eye muscles, the rest is like, then, then the trance can, can really get underway. Right. Then the rest of the body can relax and let go. Now, uh, from watching TV and movies, and I'm thinking particularly of a TV show called The Mentalist, which I don't know if anyone has ever watched, but it's a, it's a fiction show, but mm-hmm. the guy is able to hypnotize people, like, within seconds. Right. And, uh, I, you know, it's fiction, so I don't put much stock in it, but, like, are there people that sharpen their skills enough that can, like, get you in a trance faster, or is it more based on the person they're the client? It really depends on both people. Mm. Um, hypnotists can learn advanced techniques for rapid inductions or instant inductions, which means putting somebody into trance, you know, within three seconds to three Really? Seconds. So that can yeah. happen. It can happen. However, you just can't walk up to somebody and just sleep and they're out. Because you have to have, right? Oh, no, Rich. <laughs> um, you really have to have an agreement. The person has to be willing they have to you know like you and trust you and once you have that then you can get somebody in really quickly Mm. and if they've already been hypnotized before their body already knows how good it feels so given the opportunity they'll go back in a flash i see and so it can be done but it can't be done just randomly. I can't walk down the street just knocking people out. Oh, which man. people think. I would love to see that if you could. Right? That'd be fun. Uh, especially some passengers on the ship. Uh, <laughs> get out of my way. Sleep, 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 sleep. Do you, uh, there's, um, 
like another uh, a misconception about hypnotists, which uh, I was going to say, and then well, one thing is is that, and I think you say this in your show uh, a couple times, is that you can't force someone to say anything or do anything they wouldn't normally want to do. Right. So it's like it's kind of up to your brain of like I'm in its trance and I'm totally under, but I'm not going to tell you anything I don't tell you. Exactly. If uh, so. Is it even possible to use hypnosis for, like, um, if, like, I have a buried memory or something? Is Like, I, I know that's a stereotype of, like, oh, this thing happened to me, but I've blocked it in my head. Mm-hmm. Can, can you can you or, or other hypnotists take that memory out into the open? Well, you can go back into your mind, into your subconscious. It's like the filing cabinet for your entire life experiences. So uh-huh. a hypnotist can guide you back into that to a certain place or time in your life and... And basically relive it, much like you're, you know, watching it on in a movie or experiencing it in a dream. And so you can work to work through whatever was going on, get a better understanding. However, there are some people that the experience is just too traumatic and their mind has put a full block on it. And for, for whatever protective reason, your mind won't allow you to deal with it. It's just in there. So even under the deepest trance, it ain't coming out. Uh, not if it's not supposed to. Fair. And I would assume the same thing applies to, like, you can't hypnotize, like, a criminal and get them to confess to what they did or something like that, probably. Right. And there are forensic hypnotists that can go back in and get details about a crime scene. and, And maybe not so much for the criminal, because they're not as willing and eager to give up details, but more so for victims. They oh, like witnesses. Witnesses, yeah, they can describe. Is that what stuff happened. admissible in court? Yes, if it's a if it's a trained forensic hypnotist, because there are certain techniques that you need to use uh-huh. in order for it to be admissible. Wow! So that you're not leading the witness, or you know, su- putting suggestions in. You're only taking what their true experience is. Your world is so fascinating. <laughs> so one thing that you say in your shows is um, that. And you just hinted to it again, is that once you've been hypnotized, you usually get hypnotized again, and then suddenly you're like, you tell your audience, like, some of you might do this a lot, and you can self-hypnotize, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Is there, at least as far as you know, a point where you get hypnotized so much that it starts, like, having negative effects? Can hypnotism make you dumber? (laughs) Can't use that as an excuse. Well, not for me. I I don't think it would make you dumber. No, you only get more benefit. It's like taking a nap or getting a massage. It's like relaxation. It's rejuvenation for the mind and the body. So there's really no ill side effects. So as far as you know, hypnotism is all good. Right. Why on earth is it not used more? Like, it blows my mind. Like, I'm just now learning. I'm 30 years old. I'm just now learning that mm-hmm. hypnotism is this great thing, and it helps you relax, and it helps you, like, get better sleep, and blah, blah. I mean, there's, like, a million benefits. It's like, why is this not taught in schools? Like, I mean, I just don't quite get this, you know? Right. Well, I think there's a lot of skepticism about it, and people are really unsure, or a lot of people just aren't aware. I think that's the biggest thing. There's just not the awareness that there was, and the popularity of it kind of goes in in cycles. Uh Um, And so I think it's beginning to become more popular, more celebrities are using hypnosis, um... And so once they do that, then people are like, well, there must be something to it. They're always the first. I know. And so Everyone does Kabbalah now because of Madonna. Right? right? See how it goes? There you go. 
and I can't remember who it was that just had a baby with hypnosis. Hypnobirthing. What? <laughs> they had a baby under trance? Well, it's called hypnobirthing, and you hypnotize yourself. <laughs> that sounds like a joke. No, it's not. I know it does. I know it's not, but it sounds like <laughs> hypnobirthing. It sounds like a sketch. It's only like <laughs> making babies with hypnosis. Yeah. It teaches women how to have pain-free natural childbirth. Wow. So it teaches them how to hypnotize themselves to allow their bodies to relax, to work the way they were made to work. That's insane. It on really so is. many levels. Okay. Um, other, so pre, pre-hypnosis, hypnotist, I don't know why I'm having problems with these words. Pre-hypnotist, Brenda, mm-hmm. uh, what if, can you recall your worst, like, job that was not in the entertainment industry? You know, I always had the intention that I wanted to have a fun job. I really wanted to do something that I loved. And I had an array of randomly fun jobs. But I think the worst job I ever had had to be working at Kentucky Fried Chicken when I was 15. Okay. Or waiting tables. That is just hard, hard work. Yeah. Well, sure. Other than that... It's been fun. That's good. Yeah. Um, if I was an evil sorcerer and somehow took away hypnotism and uh, and, and entertainment out of this world, uh, hypothetically speaking, what <laughs> what career would you jump to if you no longer had this as an option? Wow. Well, my fallback career was in um, sales. Okay. Which, you know, I use hypnosis in sales, so I guess I couldn't be a very good salesperson <laughs> if I didn't have my hypnosis techniques. Oh, well, you're a very charming um, person. I don't think oh, you need to put everyone thanks. under just to sell to them. But yeah, I did a, a sales and leasing for an apartment community. Oh, okay. So I'd probably go back and do that. I love people. <laughs> I love being around people, and so... Well, I couldn't tell because you're just very, very rude and awful. Right, right. Worst person I've ever met. Uh... Golly, I, I, I feel like there's probably so much we didn't even cover, but, you know, we're, we only have so much time. So, uh, uh, what, uh, does you have anything you want to plug? You have a website? I do. It's brendahypnotist.com. Brendahypnotist.com. Yes. Great. And you can, I haven't been there yet, but buy stuff from you, buy CDs and stuff. I have and self-hypnosis CDs, yes. Nice. And if, if you get those, it, as I understand it, or at least I think, uh, if I buy one for hypnosis CDs, I can go in a trance on my own and help fix things just without the need of anyone else. Right. That's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're looking to stop smoking or lose weight, and then your newest CD intrigues me. You want to talk about that real quick? It's the romantic hypnosis. Mm. At the end of my shows, it I It would... comes before hypnobirthing. Right. <laughs> you got to make the baby somehow, and this makes it more fun. Right. Um, at the end of the show, I give the suggestion for who's ever on stage to find their spouse in the audience, and they'll give them, they'll have an overwhelming desire to give them the most passionate kiss. And they'll keep kissing and kissing until a key word is said. And then I also send them back with an added bonus and say when they get back to their room, they'll experience the most passionate night they've ever had in their entire lives. And that became such a popular suggestion. Everybody loved it so much that I had a passenger tell me, you know, you should really record that and put it on a CD so that everybody can experience it, not just the people that get hypnotized 
on stage. And so I did. So now that's available, the Romantic Hypnosis CD. Nice. Ignite uh, a little passion. I would, I would caution any of my listeners who are single that you probably need to have a willing participant uh, with that. You can't just, like, hypnotize yourself to be all amorous and then try and go to the bar. That might be a little bit of a letdown. But if yes. you can come up with a, a CD that helps guys to hit on women better, billionaire. Ooh, will be that would be interesting. I, I'm just putting it out there. Uh, and on your website, if there, by chance someone listening to this podcast wants to hire you for a corporate gig or something, uh, they can do that through your website as well. Yep. All the contact information is there. Sweet. The mesmerizing, the lovely, the talented Brenda Kay, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. Living the dream. Huge thank you to Phil Ranton, the Comedy Podcast Network. Original artwork by Tom Burns. Original music by Diana Lawrence. Drop me an email, livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. Rate the show on iTunes. Leave a comment. I appreciate the feedback. Find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. Next week's episode will feature professional magician and TV personality, Murray Sawchuck. Check that out. Thanks for listening. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream.